Hello, this is Anne Eugenio, and you are listening to the Momentum Therapy Podcast, Episode 1. Today's episode is called Who Are You? And we're going to explore the idea of what makes you, you existing in this complicated world in the place where you are. I know a guy who is going through an identity crisis. He seems to be throwing out everything that he used to think and believe and starting from scratch, all while trying to be a good husband, employee, friend, father, etc., etc. The thing is, it's pretty hard to have a successful a successful identity crisis when your identities are too sacred to shed. We all have these labels attached to us, hundreds of them, and we feel like we should have complete control to shape our lives. We may feel labeled identities are controlling us and we can't get away from them, but we sort of don't want to get away from them. We feel like we should be completely in control of our life, and yet we're also powerless to choose and create this life which we sort of created. All this is to say, it's complicated how we think of who we are, and sometimes it can be really confining and constraining the way we're labeled, even though we may love love our labels. Labels. It's so common for teenagers to feel displaced and confused, and middle-aged individuals are almost expected to lose their minds for a bit. Culturally, we allow for this grappling, we sum it up with a cute little label, identity crisis, and move on. I want to borrow a little wisdom from the ancient Chinese principle of yin and yang. You guys have seen this around forever and ever and ever. It's been on mood rings and necklaces and tattoos and and all the things. But it's really a beautiful principle that governs a lot of our lives. It's the idea that things exist as inseparable and contradictory opposites. We're simultaneously completely defined by our relationships, and we're also beings of absolute worth outside of any relationship that we have. We're complex, complexly united with everything around us, and infinitely and independently worthy. Let me give you a really quick example of what I mean. My identity changed the day that I had my first baby boy. I became a mother, which is a word, a label, and a relationship defined by a label. Now, a mother means so many different things to so many different people, and usually we are going to immediately in our mind slap on some adjectives to help even get more specific about that label. We're going to be a good mother. We're going to be an attentive mother. We're going to be an attachment mother. Whatever it is, we've got all this meaning and all of these constraints immediately put on us when our relationships change and we're defined in a new way. And that can be so exciting and also feel very constraining because it is both. I'd like to offer you a way to look at identity and who we are in, within this idea of a paradox of two opposites. First of all, we exist completely outside of our labels. We exist outside of any definition, outside of language itself. You may think of this as your essential being, as energy, as intelligence, as spirit, as love. But again, it's outside of word and language itself, so that when we use words and language, we immediately make this understanding slip outside of our intellectual ability. It kind of slips into our periphery. It's unknowable. And yet it is the only thing that we can know, because everything else is subject to our five senses, our sight touch, sound, all of these things, our bodies filter and interpret things as they are. This part of who we are, though, is perfectly worthy, 
perfectly unified with the universe and everyone around us outside of labels, completely connected to everything and everyone around us. It is so elusive, but we know it's there and we feel the power of it. We feel it when we look at beautiful things, beautiful nature, when we are inspired by art, when we have a connection that seems soul to soul and spirit to spirit with another human. Paradoxically, we are also at every moment existing and defined solely in relationship to those around us. It is in relationship that these labels are created. Mother, father, employee, boss, Democrat, Republican, gay, straight, Christian, Muslim, hundreds and thousands of ways to identify ourselves within relationship. These are nouns that put us into little boxes and we know we are so much more, but they and they can feel itchy and constricting, yet they also feel like freedom when we find our people, when we see others and others understand us and we feel connected and we feel part of community. And then we have more adjectives added on to these nouns that are our labels. We can be kind, we can be generous, we can be cruel, we can be crazy, but it only exists in comparison to something else. This part of us, if left unsupervised, can cause us to compete with anyone and everything around us. Our relationships become sources of pain because they teach us our, de- our deficiencies. They make us feel powerless. Our oppression and the way we oppress others find us here, within these identities. I'll provide another example. So, we can all relate to this one, where we are in elementary school, we're sixth graders, and we are leaders, and we are popular, maybe, or maybe we're not. Uh, maybe we're picked on, whatever. We've got these certain labels, and then we go to junior high, where we are, you know, having lockers and classes that are different, and then suddenly we're just kind of the nobody seventh grader, or somebody, or somehow we get involved in some activity that sends us forward in popularity, and all it is is that our circumstances have changed and our relationships have changed, and our definitions of who we are then change, only in comparison to the other people around us. Middle school is brutal for that. However, that part of us that exists outside of relationship and outside of labels, that essence of who we are, never changed, never was affected by that difference. And yet our whole lives, we can forget about that person, that part of who we are, and forget to nurture it and forget to love it. But it's so important, although it's elusive. I used the term identity crisis at the beginning of this podcast because I knew you would all understand my meaning right away. But the term is really pretty useless. We should throw it out immediately, in my opinion. It makes something vastly important seem trite and a little shameful. All our lives, we feel this pull within us, this struggle to understand who we are. We'll resist the contradictions that we live, that live within us when we should embrace them as part of the amazing, complete of who we are. Existing within our relationships and defined by them and also completely independent of them. Now, what does this have to do with mental health, with marriage and family therapy, with becoming resilient emotionally and mentally? Well, I think it has everything to do with it. And so I'm starting out my podcast with this subject, this idea of who we are and what we are. It can become the foundation of a mentally health, healthy and flexible individual. Marriage and family therapy is uniquely situated to help grapple with these ideas. A marriage and family therapist will be systemically trained. What that means is that they are trained to see, 
your life and help you identify these different identities that you have and how they operate in your life and how they show up in your relationships with other people. On my very first day in the marriage and family program at Pacific Lutheran University, in the very first lecture of my very first class, the instructor introduced systems thinking and told us that a marriage and family therapist thinks outside of the traditional medical model. While diagnoses and prescription medication and all of those things would be available to us, we would look at our clients first as complex individuals existing within a complex system of identities and realities. Now here is the big ticket item I'd like you to come away with. It's the idea that there is no relationship, no label that contains the truth of who we are. And that's why they will always feel a little bit itchy, a little bit uncomfortable. We are all a special, unique combination of identities, experiences, opportunities. We are more than the sum of our parts. And so we'll never feel good to have one label or one relationship define who we are. Of course, we're going to push against labels that don't feel right. And of course, we're also going to embrace them at the same time, because we will I want to identify as certain things while at the same time rejecting other parts of it. And we'll want to control how other people feel about our labels, even though this everyone around us has a unique set of experiences that, that informs them what labels mean. It's complex, and it's so interesting. We need to develop a curiosity about how all these things manifest in our lives and how they show up in our minds. And we can do that every day by asking questions um, without the idea that there is a one big truth answer, especially when it comes to relationship and how we define ourselves. This also, of course, presents a huge problem when we try to label other people. When we decide that we know who they are, we know what kind of person they are, we know that because of their background or because of a choice they made, they are this or they are that. Doing that can give us a sense of control, but it also makes us solitary and alone because that part of us outside labels that exists as an essence is then cut off from the person that you've put in a box. Embracing these ideas can help you become unstuck in your life. You can find the ways that you are attached to labels that no longer serve you and no longer define you, or embrace a label without having it be a sum total of who you are. Thank you so much for listening today. Have a great rest of your week. Bye.